Big news, Bookalicious fans. We have finally finished a book. Can't believe it. We had hoped to do this in one episode, but since we had blown through our winter rations and this ended up being almost three hours of recording, I almost died, swear. We are going to break this up into two, possibly three parts. Um, The first part is going to be about an hour and 40 minutes, and we'll see how the rest looks. Well, I hope you enjoy this, and as always, if you are liking the Bookalicious pod, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'll see when Sam comes in. Okay. So we are four minutes early. We are. So. Go for it. So not Sam's fault that he's not here yet. But Candy did want us to come on early so we could trash talk him again. Well, okay. I, we were tech. So, all right. People don't know what time it is. It's early. It's 8 a.m. my time. 7 a.m. Chrissy's time. Is it 7 a.m. Sam's time? No, it's 6 a.m. Sam's time. 6 a.m. Sam's time. And you're thinking, who would want a podcast at such a time? And the answer is no one, but Sam <laughs> likes to do extreme things. That's true. Just to say that he did it. It runs in the family. Really? What did you do? Well, we were talking about marathon. Like who would do that? Oh. Other than a masochist. Who you're would right. pod at 6 a.m.? Wow. Runs in the family. But <laughs> <laughs> Chrissy really likes a pun. <laughs> love a good pun here and there yeah we might have a spinoff called punalicious we should we shouldn't oh i'll try to come up with a pun for every chapter of elantris <gasps> i don't know that that is the segment our <laughs> listenership is looking for maybe <laughs> they didn't know they needed it they didn't know oh my god that'll be interesting what you come up with we'll see but yeah so sam he came to visit me here in Atlanta. And I don't know why, but one of his friends was like, I'm having a tough day. And Sam said, let's go drive to his home. And it's like five hours away. And I'm saying tough day. I'm saying it lightly. It was like a very upsetting day. And Sam's like, I'm in five hours distance. Let's go drive there. And I'm like, I have to work. And then he's like, you can work at their home. (laughs) And I know that his friend has children. I'm, I'm like, this isn't going to work. And so we're trying to figure this out. And then Sam had just flown from his home in Colorado to my home in Atlanta. And we're discussing this. And he says, I'm going to leave tonight. Oh my gosh. He had already been traveling like eight hours. And he says, I'm going to leave tonight. So then he starts driving and he gets like halfway there and something happens. I can't remember. And he turned around and came home. That's wild. And we talked about it after. And I was like, why would you do such a thing? Like, I would do that for Chrissy, Sam, Jordan, mom, dad, Andrew, but like very few people. And I was shocked that this friend had made that upper echelon. (laughs) And Sam said, he's like, I don't even know if it was about my friend. He's like, I think I just like doing extreme things. Oh, really? Yeah. Fascinating. 
Yeah. Like I think because Sam's a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. And now that he's a pastor, I don't think that he gets to experience that a lot. He doesn't get the outlet as much. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Oh, oh, Sam said, what's the Zoom? Check your email. Okay, wait, quick bet. Is he in his studio or is he in his basement being quiet? Oh, I would think studio. I don't really know where that is in their house. <clears throat> but I'm I didn't think their studio was in their house. I thought that was at his job. Oh, maybe it is because he's signing on with his church name. All right, we'll find out. We'll find out. What's up? Oh my What's gosh, up, my Sam? Homies? Sam, are you, where is your studio? This is my office. It's a mess right now. Oh, wh what was the studio that you had? Last this time. is where I recorded last time. <gasps> okay, so where's your office? At church. See? Wait. But you're at was home? Right. I'm at church. You're at church? I'm at church. Oh, wow. I think you were right, Ken. I don't know. We'll need to listen to the recording. I have no idea what we guessed. I think I guessed not the home. Wait. I think so. I can't remember anymore. I have no idea. <laughs> I thought about coming here last night to grab my stuff um, for the recording this morning. Yeah. So I re could record it from my uh, uh, closet. But I didn't do that. I just that was our other guest. Come over here. Yeah, we thought you would be hiding somewhere in your home. My closet would have been the place for it. But no, I'm here. Wow. I'm... So did you have an alarm set or were you planning on me I, just I, calling you? No, I had my alarm set, but I it hadn't can be up yet. Oh. So I think I must have I must have like in my sleep turned it off. Uh <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> So I've, I've you called me that. at the exact right time because I I wasn't up yet. Okay. That's well, I figured that when you said, oh, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Well, cool. We're here. Well, we're here. This is kind of a weird setup because the last two episodes would make you believe that we're doing this sequentially and that we just met with Sam to talk about Elantris, but that was actually over a month ago. So it feels yeah. like it's been a long time. Are Do you not have any episodes in between when we last left off? No. no. Are we doing the rest of the book right now? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. No, I came here for the finale. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the finale. Okay, we're doing the finale. We can edit in Jordan's thoughts. I know. So we tried to get all four Infinity Stones, and it really just was impossible. Well, work. It wasn't going to work. So the best that we could do was get three infinity stones. And that required great sacrifice, especially on Sam's part for getting up at 6 a.m. Yeah. Before 6 a.m. Sam's a dedicated Bookalicious fan. Listen, I'm almost as dedicated as that person who emailed in. Lauren was her name, Brooke. I think. Brooke. Brookie the bookie Brooke. girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost almost as dedicated as Brooke. <laughs> don't bring it up <laughs> sam called me about that and he was like <gasps> he that was yeah he was like that was so mean and i was like <laughs> candy the catfish catfish candy <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> catfish candy 
<laughs> I know. I listened to that episode and it made me devastated all over again. <laughs> oh my gosh. Horrible. And I was like, Sam, like, cause he's like, that was so mean, like hearing Chrissy's devastation on her voice. And I was like, should I cut it? Should I go back in time and get rid of it? But he said it was good podcast content. So maybe I should trick you again. <laughs> so for, for the listeners who don't know what's going on, um, this is from uh, Lessons in Chemistry. Lessons in Chemistry, I think, episode three, um, where Candy. Episode fakes seven. Whatever episode it is. Close <laughs> um, enough. Listen, I'm doing the work for you right now. You should be yeah. explaining this to your, to your <laughs> listeners. <laughs> All right, we'll keep explaining keep explaining it wrong and I'll correct you. I like that position of power for me. Okay, good. <laughs> no, just uh, it was the episode where Candy faked a, a email writer in and Chrissy got extremely excited. Like it made her weak. It did. It was a tough I week know. and the email really turned it around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. No, actually, I don't I'm think she excited. is. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I think what what really magnified it was if that lesser male came in during this Elantris episode. I don't know if I would have been quite as devastated because I'm happy to talk about Elantris, but lessons in chemistry already had me down, and then this just bubbled me down further. <laughs> I know. After listening to you guys pod about lessons in chemistry, I'm not going to read the book. I don't want to either, but we have to. <laughs> I have not signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you cut off again. <laughs> no, that was you, Chrissy. Well, I know, but <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. All right, Chrissy, turn off your um, camera. We No more camera for you. you <laughs> your rights are being revoked for your bandwidth. Oh, no. <laughs> this is worse than the fake email. <laughs> I I think Candy should be the one recording. In which case, you'll lose everything that you've had so far, but it's not much of a loss. Um, okay, no, I'll still have great. my recording. Yeah, See? we have great content, like you said. Yeah, okay, so let's let's cancel this, and then I'll record. Okay, this is, this is what happened. I got the rights to record, and immediately a bunch of windows popped up on my computer, and my computer's really old, so I can only have one thing open at a time. So I started closing everything out and then I immediately canceled the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I have the power for one minute. <laughs> I throw it away. <laughs> it's like you get elected president and you're like, where's that nuclear football? I need to press some buttons here. I tell people that all the time that, well, I wouldn't do that, but that my goal is to become CEO and immediately, well, first I'll make a lot of changes to make the workplace better. And then I'll immediately abdicate and use my golden parachute. What was that look? It's wrong. Sam's camera zoom was so weird. It feels like someone's in the room with him, like following him around. That is weird. It's it's, <laughs> it's weird. A dramatic effect. Yeah. It's like, it's like zooming in on him, like getting ready for him to have a cry scene or something. And he's just sipping tea. <laughs> I, I was moving back so my microphone wouldn't pick up my slurping noises, but instead I will toggle the mute button. Okay. Well, you know what? We actually get three audio files from this. And so I can just in post. 
actually, I meant to tell you, you might want to double check that's going on because that was a setting I had to choose. Okay. Ew. That's the worst. Okay. That, yeah, that seen? is the worst. Don't <laughs> ever see do that. It's been going so far, so I don't know if we're confident in our abilities. <laughs> okay. Um, but Sam, this brings up a good point is that Chrissy, for some reason, has procrastinated all of her school tasks until the last minute. And she <laughs> just informed me today that this is the last time she'll be able to record until January. <laughs> and it's December 2nd. <laughs> I meant to tell you earlier. Do you have enough podcasts and in, in like waiting to release? No. no. We've been burning it at both ends. We have zero. <laughs> but you're doing two books at the same time. You should have dozens of episodes right now. No. We had dozens of Elantris episodes. We had over a month's worth, but because we were doing lessons in chemistry simultaneously, we blew through all of our winter rations. All of them. I know. <laughs> so now I'm wondering, should you be my co-host for the rest of lessons in chemistry? Wait, 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 wait. Candy on the phone call before the Zoom, I suggested, I said, well, what if you like did one with dad or like if you had another guest? And she's like, it won't be the same without you. <laughs> She said, I really just, we need a pod together. And now here she is asking Sam to replace me, which well, I think is a great podcast, but it contradicts what you said earlier. Of it, it won't be the same. It definitely won't be the same, but I am wondering now that Sam's here and he's so reliable with his good audio, it's like wooing me over maybe and good internet. <laughs> maybe he would be a good co-host. <laughs> I won't read the book. If you want me to co-host without reading, I mean, and during business hours, I can do that. That's that's what I'm willing to give you uh, in the month of December for oh. a book I don't care about. Okay. We really can't enter. We can't introduce any more negative energy into that <laughs> podcast series. So you're out. <laughs> if you want to do a different book, I'd be happy to do a different book. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so speaking of, Chrissy had a horrible suggestion on our next book. Go ahead, Chrissy. It was excellent. Well, because I was talking with some people yesterday, some young folk, and they were talking about the new Hunger Games movie that came out. That's a prequel. And they're like, oh, it's so good. And like, everyone's so excited to see it. And I was like, we should do that book and jump on the bandwagon. So I suggested, let's do the ballad of, what is it? Songbirds and Snakes, the Hunger Games prequel. I thought it was a brilliant idea. Have you read the original series? Yes, but a long time yeah. ago. I have not read uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. I did read the original series. Like Elantris that we're supposed to be recapping right now, oh, yeah. uh, Hunger Games also ends terribly. I agree. It it was very chaotic. A lot of things weren't making sense. A lot of It seemed very much like the deadline came to Suzanne Collins also. And she said, I'll kill everyone. And then I won't have to wrap up their stories. <laughs> I know. Well, that sounds like a great way to jump right into Elantris. <sighs> okay, fine. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go into Bookalytics. We have a lot of updates. Ooh. All right. Here's our Bookalytics. Yep. So I went on my hands and knees on social media and I begged people to listen to get us to 400 listens. We and did. we didn't get there. 397. We're close. 
So Sam, I think you're behind on podcasts. That's you. I'm no, I'm listening on Overcast, and I'm now going. I I'm all caught up on Elantris. I'm now starting to listen to the lessons in chemistry out of order. Exactly. That's why we don't have 400. Oh, okay. If you had listened, <laughs> if you were caught up like a reliable fan, then we would be at 400. So I just want to <gasps> our audience size 19. That's gone down substantially. I think it's Thanksgiving. It's the last seven days, which yeah. actually is after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we do have 17 followers now. Oh, wow. We do. That is quite a few more. Yeah. It's a lot more. The last time I checked in, I think we had 14. Wow. Possibly even 12. So everyone who signed up, thank you. We're glad you're here. Have you checked the you. audience recently, Chrissy? I have. Okay, yeah. So welcome to all of our new followers. And also, we're even more international than we were before. It's true. Woo. So welcome, Germany, Saudi Arabia, India. You Look at us go. 6% of our audience is international. Yeah. And China and Slovakia, they're neck and neck. For... Yeah, who's going to be our favorite? Yeah, international spot. They're They're duking it out right now. Um, yeah. I also heard that if you listen to Spotify in China, you have to like go on a VPN and do a lot of digital gymnastics. So that makes me 10 times more thankful that yeah. the person in China went through all of that to listen to us. <laughs> Most dedicated fan. Yeah. Or is it possible that the uh, Communist Party of uh, the people of China actually approves of this podcast? I doubt it. It's possible. Anything's possible. Honestly, <laughs> if the leader of China came to us and said, I listen to Bookalicious, I would welcome him into my home. I would interview him. I would interview him. You if you're a, a fan, yeah, if you're a fan, you're okay. <laughs> Maybe he'll replace me these next few weeks. Oh <laughs> wow. Okay. We also have a lot more people in the United States. All right. Who are? Oh, wow. Um. Okay. So Missouri's new. Missouri's new, new, right? But check out who in Missouri. Oh, Kansas City, Missouri. So <gasps> we have we have Travis Kelsey on our. <laughs> Why stop at Travis Kelsey? You should just look at like Taylor Swift while she's with Travis Kelsey. They're double listening. Well, I think You're it's right. based on where your account. Your account is so hers would probably say where she lives, which I think no, is no, no, no. They're listening on Travis's. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh my god, we do have someone from T Nashville, Tennessee, though. So <laughs> they listen. That was Meg. Heart. Yeah, that was uh, Megan's brother. Oh. She said. She said he's not coming back, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe he will. But they always do. We have Kansas City, and we have Kansas, the state. We sure do, but not yeah. Kansas City, Kansas. There's one of those too. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's right on the border. That's a good place. Um, Sam, I am curious because if you go to Colorado, yep. there's someone in Greeley listening and it's not you because you listen on Overcast. Maybe. I, I don't know how any of that works. I, I don't no, know if it captures. It would I only capture. Part, I think this part is Spotify only. Oh, I'm pretty sure because this is all platforms. Oh, interesting. 
So only now is it catching Sam and Greeley. Okay, that would make more sense. Yeah, I don't know. But we do have well, a Greeley listener. But Greeley is only 17% of the Colorado listens. And Denver is 58. So who's our Denver fan? Because Sam's listened to a lot. So who's in Denver? That's what I'm saying. I think this is... All right. Well, we won't worry about it too much. <laughs> the other exciting thing is that um, it shows us which platforms people listen on. And mm-hmm. one of the platforms is Spotify for podcasters, which is what Candy and I use to edit the podcasts. And historically, it's been at 10% of our listenership was from Spotify for podcasters, which meant it was literally just me and Candy listening to our own <laughs> podcasts on the website. <laughs> but so that's now, gone down. Gone down to 4%. 4%. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, so it's really, other people really listening to us. Yes. We also have some more people in Florida. Wow. Lots of Florida people. Yep. Hollywood representing. Wait, go back. Uh, We have a lot of people from Central Florida, which I thought was really cool. Orlando, Winter Park. I think that was that. Yeah. Nice. I don't know where Haines City is. I think we looked that up last time. I think that was like Central Florida. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Write in and fact check us let us know i thought for sure after everyone hearing chrissy's disappointment someone would write in no one nope the only email we got was from martin from acast (laughs) and tiktok and tiktok TikTok. emails us 20 times a day yeah okay well now that we've spent 30 minutes are we ready to do elantris and wrap this book up oh boy do you think we'll actually finish i think so chrissy Let's say it like this. We have to finish. (laughs) I'm on that we're on chapter 58. Is that right? Yep. So that's only 24 pages. Oh, wait. It's four. No, wait. It's 40 pages. Oh, shoot. All right. I think we've done that before. We're going to finish it, but maybe this is what's going to be our winter rations to get us through till Christmas. This is going to be a seven parter. (laughs) (laughs) You got to do what you have to do sometimes. That's it. So this was great reading the ending again, because the first time I read it, I had no idea what was going on. Did you like it better the second time? Well, yeah, because I understood what was going on. (laughs) I guess that's true. Okay. Also, we haven't done our, we haven't done our intro yet. Oh, shoot. Okay. Oh, man. Welcome to Bookalicious, a podcast where two sisters and a brother chat about books we're reading. I'm Chrissy. I'm Candace. I'm Sam. Woohoo! Woohoo! And today we're continuing Elantris, possibly finishing it. We're, no, we we're planning on it. <laughs> Sam's going to make sure we finish it. And we're starting on chapter 58. It's called Eel, which means helpful uh, or helper, um, like royal. And oh. yeah, um, and so in this chapter, Riordan wakes up and realizes that there's a whole apocalypse going on. We find out Diloph is a demon. Um, we see Serene delivering supplies to Elantris until she almost dies because of the apocalypse. Um, we also find out the identity of Pirate Crush Throat, which was exhilarating and then very disappointing. <laughs> 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 Much like other times on this podcast. <laughs> and then we also learned that Harathen's true mission wasn't to save the people, but to distract them, which was also devastating. Very yeah. Sad. Which was unknown to him. He-, he thought it was a real mission. Right. 
it's kind of meta where it's like the MacGuffin <laughs> is presented with the fact that like, hey, you were just a plot point. You weren't the main character. And so it's very sad for him. Well, we start with the first line. The wedding wasn't slated to happen until the following afternoon. And so Rayodin had chosen to sleep in Kalu's room back in Royal's mansion instead of staying in Keen's house where Serene had already taken the guest bedroom. Just wanted to so- clarify. <laughs> No hanky-panky going on. (laughs) Honestly, he's still a corpse. So, (laughs) like, we haven't even addressed that component. But I do like that Sanderson, being Mormon, he's like, yes, even though they're waiting till their wedding day. (laughs) Uh, So she's not getting married again. Again. I know. This girl. Yeah. Aren't they technically married, though? I guess did that go away when the dad died? I don't know. We don't know. But Sanderson doesn't want there to be any ambiguity. He's like, whether they're married legally or not, it hasn't happened in the church. So we're not going to have them (laughs) stay in the same bed. And it's like they already know it's the end of the world. I would be like, I'm going to make the exception. This one time. To spend as much time with like my person as I could. I don't know. Not Serene and Rayodin. Nope. So Rayodin, he's sleeping. He's dreaming about his wedding. And then he jumps up out of his bed. And then he looks. And then there's all of these monsters that have popped up out of the tents. Yeah. And so we learn what actually happens at Dakor is that they physically are changed to become demons. Mm-hmm. So that's disturbing. But they have like these superhuman speed and power and stuff. Yes. And so there's this one guy and he's just going around and the lead demon and he's just like killing people and being super fast. And then all of a sudden Rayodin froze and he says, though its body was twisted like the rest, its face was familiar. It was Diloff, the Fajordal priest. <laughs> yeah. What's weird is that in my mind, Diloff was always like tiny little man. He was like. What, what Shelly Nathan Shelley from Ted Lasso? Like, yeah, very short. But <laughs> that's why I've been imagining him. That <laughs> is, now, he still is. Well, but in my mind, in this scene, he's grown to like ten feet tall, but he still has the same face. So it was a very strange. <laughs> yes, image. It's, it's Nathan Shelley's face photoshopped on a demon <laughs> running around. <laughs> and yeah, so that's what Diloff actually is. Um, and then Diloff captures Rayodin, which was very easy to do considering he's already dead. Yeah. It, this is really Shaquille O'Neal coming into a kindergarten's playground, playing basketball with them on their Fisher Price tools and just like <laughs> dunking on them. <laughs> That's Diloff to Rayodin. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I I can't be convinced that it's so funny when you just say it and you don't laugh. Um, here's the thing. Here's Is the that thing. the LOL? Can I can I can I get real with you real quick? Can, yeah. can we be you and me together? Yeah. Yeah. Um I oh, wanna God. skip this chapter and go to the next one. But let's keep talking. <laughs> I really want to get to the end of the book. I want to talk about the end of the book. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. So then we find out who the secret spy was who was delivering the food. And 
you probably didn't notice this, and I'm only bringing it up because I am a Cosmere reader. So we find out that the person who is delivering the supplies to Elantris, his name is Hoyd, H-O-I-D. And I circle that because if you read any additional books of the Cosmere, what you find out is that they're all connected. And one of the people who we don't know anything about him yet, but in other books you learn is Hoyd is someone who is able to visit all the different worlds. So oh. he's, he's always making a cameo appearance and he's kind of behind the scenes with some of the broader things in Cosmere. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Cause I read that and I was like, this is the big reveal. This told me nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, that makes me feel a lot better about that detail that oh, <laughs> Sanderson kept bringing up. <laughs> exactly. Cause you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay. So this next scene, Serene delivers the food. And then as she's like going back in her carriage. Food and. Oh, and weapons. And weapons. Yeah. Um. So she's giving them weapons. And then she's like, you know, nice on her carriage ride back. But then they get like attacked by all the demons. Um, and then Serene gets captured. Oh, no. She doesn't get captured because guess who comes in to save her? Crush throat. Pirate crush throat. He Who's comes actually- in on his yacht. Even though they're on land, it's on wheels. He rolls in on like his the yacht. Float. Yeah, he's in retirement, so that's why he got rid of his pirate ship. Now he has a yacht, and he came in, and then he started killing people, saving Serene. Is it Gosh. is it in this chapter or later that he has the conversation with Serene about him being pirate crushed through? This chapter. This okay. chapter. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I okay. want to talk about that. Okay. Do we want to wait now or until we get to that point? It's basically the scene. Yeah, it's basically the scene. Well, just before we get there, I did want to say, (laughs) cringe or cute. Okay, says, despite all the trials, difficulties, and setbacks, there was finally an honorable king on the throne of Arlon. And after years of waiting, Serene had finally found someone her heart was as willing to marry as her mind. Even Sam thinks it's cute. Sam's just trying to get us to talk about Crush Throat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will delay us once more because I didn't even I didn't even underline that line, but I think it's cute. But it's also interesting because later we see Harathan at his big moment. He's like, finally, my heart and my mind agree or something like that. So that's an interesting parallel. Curious. I didn't even catch that. So we'll pocket that. Okay, but yeah, so Serene, I think she's in her carriage, like, heading home, and then all the demons are popping out, and she, like, sticks out her head, and she's like, oh, God, this is not looking good. And then where's the scene where Crush Throat comes in? Yeah, I don't know. People are, like, attacking. She gets thrown around, and then Keen comes with a giant axe, um, and then Lucal comes to, like, help carry her away, and then they uh, escape to Keen's house, and then they press the magic button, and, like, the entryway collapses. So mm-hmm. now they're safe there. Yes. Yeah, okay, and now they're in the house, and Keen's looking down at his bloodied axe, and he says, I swore I would never take up this cursed weapon again. Which I find hilarious. (laughs) Wait, okay, what's hilarious? Because, like, your name's Crush Throat, right? Like, that tells a lot about who you are as a person. (laughs) You don't get nicknamed Crush Throat if you're not going around and, like, viscerally crushing people's throats. Okay, wait, wait, well, wait. according to Brandon Sanderson, he says he's called Crush Throat because he has a raspy voice. Oh my gosh. I not just he's, that together. 
not because he's curb stomping heads. But maybe I think there's probably a double entendre here. Oh, my gosh. That makes so much sense because, yeah, this comes up where um, Ken says, Crushed Throat was always a mistake. The true name was Dreyok Crushed Throat. I said, that's an even worse name for a pirate. But I get it now. (laughs) It's because his voice is raspy. Because I was wondering, why is his voice always raspy? Why is that important? Now I get it. Any more thoughts on Crushed Throat? Was that a big reveal for you, Sam? Were you able to put that together? No, no, when he talks to her about about her dad. Oh, Oh, yeah. So that's the next line. So Yeah. So he says, this is from Keen. Or this is um, Serene. He, crushed throat, tried to steal the throne of Tiad from my father, Serene said, looking up into Keen's eyes. No, Keen said, turning away. Dreyok wanted what belonged to him. He tried to take back the throne that his younger brother, Eventio, stole. Stole right from under Dreyok's nose while he foolishly wasted his life on pleasure trips. Whoa. On his yacht. So what did you so think about this that? Is, this is what I want to talk about. Because there's okay. an entire story that you have to fill in in your head with yeah. the with the headcanon of this. And so yeah. like, so what happened? Was he was he already a pirate by then? Or did he become a pirate afterwards? I'm a little confused um, on on the timing of it all. Yeah. Um, okay. So what I, I think Sanderson maybe one day will come back to this and write like a prelogue or something. Yeah. What I think probably happened is that Keen was on his yacht being a rich prince going around doing his thing. And then the town... Tiad was in shambles so serene's dad was like this guy's not serious he's like i'm gonna take the throne while he's gone so then he takes the throne and then keen's like what the heck i'm on my yacht i got my babes i got my booze i need to go back and get the town so then he rigs out his yacht to make it look like a scary pirate and then he rolls in and he's like i'm gonna take over but then he um... realized it was too late and then he's like i'm just gonna become a pirate now what the, what what her dad did is like so messed up like it is total like game of thrones do you think it's, it's messed really up messed up do you think it's messed up because your eldest brother no i don't know I... if you're not doing a good job though should you be king i'm listen if if uh if you take the kingdom away from your younger brother, well, guess what? Don't be surprised when your younger brother comes back to take it from you. Like, you are instigating war. That's okay. That's true. That's true. But what if the brother who is getting the throne is just a a mess Listen, and he's I, ruining I, the country with his leadership? I, I don't disagree. But that's where you suddenly have war. Right? Yeah. That's true. Do you think he should have tried to become like a good advisor and like kind of rule the throne without the title? Um, no. Oh. It sounds like that wouldn't work for Aventio. He seems pretty, you know, wants to be king on top of things. Yeah. Okay. But I want to know like, what was that whole showdown? Was it a fight? Did he crush people's throats? How did he end up in Aralon? I don't know. I know. There's, there's so much there. 
Like, when yeah. did he decide, you know what? I don't have to kill anybody anymore. I'm done killing. That's my question, is that if you are, like, a pillager and a murderer in a lot of ways, you're going around doing conquest, can you just put your axe up on top of your kitchen and be like, I'm never going to do that again, and now I can be, like, a happy grandpa? Yeah. Is that an I, option for you? I'm no longer <laughs> a, a pirate, Viking, you know, yeah. rapist. I'm I'm done with that. Yeah. Like, are you allowed to just be done with that and just be like, oh, I can't believe I have to get my axe again. Like, I wanted to cook and knit. <laughs> now I have to kill again. Like, I don't know. Like, are you allowed to have that kind of reaction? Are you allowed well, to pretend to be like your past didn't happen? I don't know, but it sounds like was he only violent when he's trying to take the kingdom back? Because was he just like traveling around for fun the other times? Like he was just a pirate in that one scenario and then he left? Because that's not I, more like a consistent thing then. I could see Sanderson spinning this as like he has like this big reputation as a pirate, but really he's like a Robin Hood flavor. Uh, yeah, I could see I that. Could, so I could see Sanderson spinning it like that. But let's assume he's not the Robin Hood and let's assume that he is the evil pirate who is going into town, torching the place up, stealing, assaulting, doing all the things. Are you allowed to just have like a happy retirement? Listen, um, I don't think you do, right? But I'm also not like the kind of person who's going to cancel people. I, yeah. I, don't have the, I don't have the desire to cancel people. Yeah, I agree. You shouldn't be canceled as a person. You're still a person. Well, are you still a person? Is Crush Throat still a person? He was a persona. He's a pirate. <laughs> and you notice even it's like I it does seem like he's very much a persona because when Keen's talking about it, he talks about it in third person, mm -hmm. which is weird. And maybe that's mm -hmm. how he's psychologically able to be happy grandpa who likes to cook and knit because he views his time as the evil pirate as a different life mm -hmm. uh, yeah have you guys seen it's an excellent hbo series um the golden state killer nope okay is it called that yes I don't oh know it's I've called seen... no it's called <laughs> no it's, it's about the that. podcast yeah yes you'll be out in the dark or something yes yes Yes. Okay. Well, that's why you wouldn't say because I gave you the wrong name. Um, it's called what is it called? You'll be out in the dark. I still haven't seen it, so I don't know. Okay. Well, the point is, is that this guy he was a rapist, a serial rapist, and then murderer turned murderer in whatever time period, the sixties, seventies, and he went around and attacked and assaulted, I think, like over forty women. And then at some point, he just stops. And they never find him. And this series on HBO, it's about this freelance podcast crime person. And she's just doing investigative research and she tries to catch him. And then they end up at the end catching him. That's not like the big surprise. It's more about the journey. And they find him and he's just a retired grandpa at a house. What? And he had a family and he had kids and nobody knew. Oh. <gasps> That's wild. And so, yeah. So now in his 70s, he's getting arrested for all of these horrible crimes that he did in his 20s and his 30s. Whoa. I mean, those are bad crimes. They are really bad crimes. But I guess that's what I mean is like, can you just like, are you People allowed to complex. just go? 
I, I mean, like, I, I people are complex, right? Like, I'm not. That is in no way saying it's okay to go around raping and killing people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you still have to pay the consequence for your actions. Yeah, but that doesn't take away from the complexity of who people are. Mm-hmm. At least in my mind, right? Like, yeah. multiple things can be true at the same time. And, you know, if you had this relationship with your grandpa, you have to deal with your fact that, oh, wow, my grandpa was actually a terrible human being. What do mm-hmm. I do about that? Um, I think as you deal with that, part of that is like, oh, I need to, you know, learn more about all of this that's going on. Right. Well, I guess. But, oh, go for it. Well, I was going to say, it's like, I bet a lot of people found out that their uh, grandparents were Nazis. Yeah. Right? Like, I bet that was a family secret and people found out and suddenly, you know, all these people who are being tried before they die. Um, is To me, it seems like a big part of that is like, well, we need to make sure that justice is served for the mm-hmm. crimes that they did when they were younger. And yeah. to which I say, like, I agree. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's true, but that also doesn't mean that when they did a kind thing for their family, like that they, they were somehow lying. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's possible to be a Nazi and also love your grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Like that's all I'm saying here, right? And also that you're a terrible person. Can uh, you can you be both a terrible person and a good person? Could you be someone who, like Keen, went around? and attacked and pillaged that's that part of him is bad but then also be a good person simultaneously or are you one or the other well i i just don't think you could if you're trying to say are you a bad person or a good person for the sum total of who you are for your life yeah that's what my, i'm asking yeah no my, my take on all that is is that um people are complex and you are probably um if you were to do a sum total of your life, yeah, you're a bad person, right? <laughs> but that doesn't mean that there aren't True. moments of, of goodness that are coming through, right? Mm-hmm. But Chrissy, I, you're I, silent. Yeah. Oh, you can finish your thoughts, Sam. I was just going to say, I, we're, we're so, we, we want to see everything in black and white, mm-hmm. right? And um, there's just so much nuance and complexity, right? Uh, we, we, you know, I, I don't want to be in the position of saying, oh, yeah. Hitler was a great person. Um, I'm not saying that at all. But I think that there is a situation in which we can say, I bet that there are people who really, that Hitler did really great things for, right? Yeah. And they probably missed him uh, when he was gone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I can see that. What are your thoughts, Chrissy? I don't know if I have anything really to add to this. But I think that's a good point that, I don't know, people are complex. And also, like, you change throughout your life, right? Like, the thing that you did in the past don't define who you are now. Mm-hmm. And your values change and your morals could change. Yeah. So I guess that is kind of interesting, though, of, like, like justice should be served. But also, like, you kind of seem like a totally different person at the end of your life, you know, mm-hmm. to where... I don't know. It's just interesting how you would, how you would judge that. Mm-hmm. Like, are you still held responsible for the things you did earlier? You should be still held you responsible. Be. 
things, right? Yeah. Like you did do those things, right? Yeah. And and if the things that you did, let's say, merit the punishment of death, then you should serve it, right? Like that because of what yeah. you did. Like it, like the good things you do don't erase the bad things. Right? Yeah. But uh, I just all I'm saying is is that that just because you did bad things doesn't mean the good things you did weren't good. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. so I would you agree can, with that. You could say for Keen, right? You can say, wow, what a great husband. What a great father. And then you can also say, what a terrible person because of however many people he killed that he got the name Crush Throat. And, mm -hmm. right, if he did other things while he was doing his Viking pillaging phase. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, so this book ends, I think Keen really fell down the ranks. In oh, terms, if we were well if we were doing like character stacking and you're like oh who's like the best overall you're probably like ray odin and keen's probably up there and now you're kind of like okay now king keen has this sordid past that we don't we don't know enough about to make an assessment but it does put a question mark where you're like i don't know if i don't know that we actually ever knew who he really was Hmm. I feel like it didn't change. It changed my opinion of Keen a little bit. I will say though, the difference between crushed throat and crushed throat is pretty significant. Like this guy just had bad allergies, and <laughs> I kind of get the feeling <laughs> that he was more of like a Robin Hood or not even really a pirate. Just kind of came back to steal the throne that was stolen mm -hmm. from him, mm -hmm. and it's like that seems more like in you line. Can sympathize with that more yeah yeah and then you that know? would kind of go more to like having consistency throughout yeah. so it's interesting we'll see if sanderson ever comes back and closes the loop on that but he is planning on writing a second elantris book so we'll see where it goes if if the keen and his brother king is not the central element of the next book um there's just so much good drama there i know I know. So are you ready to summarize that last little bit, Chrissy, and then we can wrap up? Yeah. Yes. So in this chapter, we see everyone's perspective. So it ends with Herathen's story and um, Diloph strolls into the chapel and Herathen's there and Herathen's like, what's going on? And then he discovers that Diloph is the um, highest rank under the Wern, which is kind of like the Pope, um, and that he was in charge of Dakor. Um and now he has to follow whatever Dilof says. And he's kind of getting into an argument, though, of like, hey, this isn't right. We're supposed to save the people. And then this is when Dilof says that we were never meant to save the people. You were just a distraction so that I could come in and mm -hmm. do the work to kill them. Yes. Messed up. Messed up. My first thing was that, like, it was a little frustrating that this whole book, maybe this is just Harathan's self-importance and this is why it wasn't given, but Harathan always made it sound like he was number one to the Wern. Everyone, and you know what, even Serene and all them, they're like, oh, there's only like five Jorns and they're like the most powerful and then they will yeah. ride up to Wern. And then all of a sudden you find out, you're like, just kidding, there's two more levels. We are actually the assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, so Diloph's rank, they typically just stay in their monasteries and they don't really interact with the world. So that's kind of why they're discounted 
But it just so happens that Diloph was like, I'm going to take care of this. Yeah. So okay. that could be, that kind of could explain it. Okay. Fair enough. I was kind of frustrated though, because I feel like Diloph is now just so one dimensional where like his hatred of the Elantrians was actually all that was in his character. And we kind of find out later that there's some more depth to it of like why he hates the Elantrians. But I really thought that he was more dynamic and was going to come like teach Rathen a lesson about like, oh, you shouldn't do this, Rathen. That's bad. I really liked your hypothesis that he was from Dooladal and he was a scorned person. I thought that would have been a much more interesting take. I think so too. <laughs> Are you saying it would have been better writing? Uh, yeah, I think we're definitely at that part of the horse sketch where we're just, <laughs> we got to wrap this up. We don't have another hundred pages to go into Delos history. So he's just going to have to be one dimensional. Yeah. <laughs> On that Huts note, we should made. take that approach to this podcast episode. <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> it has been so an hour. Okay. It's been an hour. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. <laughs> okay, so we find out that for the Dakor priests, they get these weird like twists and turns and bones that like pop out of their skin and each twisting is like a special power that they get. And so an example is heightened speed and strength. But with each twist, you can get like new stuff. And so I'm going to spill the beans a little bit on the Cosmere stuff. So if someone's like reading along and they don't want this, skip this next part. Basically what it is, is that there are two gods on this earth, on this this planet. And one powers Elantris and one powers Dakor. And so this power that Dakor's doing, this is like their, this is their version of Elantris. And they have pros and cons. So Elantris, you are most powerful in Elantris. And then as you step out, you get weaker. With the Dakor people, you have the power anywhere you go, but you have to sacrifice a lot of your like body and you have to do a lot of other things in order did to have he, that power. Did you get this from other books or from this book? Not from this book. So this is, once you read, so because all the books are connected, as you read the other books, there are little things that you pick up along the way. Okay. And so these okay. are the things that you don't get from one individual book. Okay. Yeah. But just explaining that. So anyway. Oh, that's yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the Jorn and their god, they really want to get rid of the Elantrians because that's the other big bad on the earth. Mm -hmm. And so if they get rid of them, then they're the only ones. They don't have to worry about them keeping them in check. So that's kind of motivating why they hate the Elantrians so much and why they want to get rid of them. Okay. That, that helps explain it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I didn't really have anything more here other than I felt really bad for Hrathen. No. Yeah. I, I, I think the development of Hrathen as a character for the remainder of this book makes no sense. Um, he really we, falls we, down. We, we, we kind of talked about this in previous episodes. Um, but his character development, to me, um, is shoddy and rushed. Well, I agree. Everything at the end of the book is. If it had like been a little bit more gradual, though, would you have liked where Hrathen ended up? Like, does that part make sense? You can take a character somewhere, 
right? Like, yeah. I don't. I wouldn't personally select the. What do you the call love it? Triangle. The love triangle. Like that's not how I would have done it. But like having said that, that doesn't mean that it, there couldn't have been something good in how that all played. This is similar to me as to like the lessons in chemistry where the characters are just making moves where you're like, this doesn't make sense. And you're like, well, it could make sense if X happened or Y happened, but the author just never goes there. So then right. it, it kind of seems like they're teleporting from one yeah. frame of mind to another. And yeah. we as the reader, since we're not on the journey, it's confusing. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I feel with Harappan. I could so. see that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel, well, we could get into it when we get there. We can table it. Okay. Chapter 59? Chapter 59. Chapter All right, let's do it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, so this one's called K, which means calmness. And in this chapter, um, Diloph has Rayonin as a bargaining chip for Serene. Um, Diloph also FaceTimes Aventio in the middle of the night, and Aventio like, answers in his PJs and is like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> And um, anyways, he has uh, Rayodin and Serene as his bargaining chips for Aventio. Rayodin dies in this chapter. Um, but then Galadin and Karada carry him to the sugar pool. So we learn more about what that's like. Um, mm -hmm. And also Galadin has a nice little monologue here about hope. And I thought that was a really nice section. Yeah. And that's a chapter. Okay. Oh, wait, there's another one. Uh, we also learn why Diloph hates the Elantrians here. Um and we also see what's happening in Aralon, and the rest of the people there being marched to their doom are going to Elantris. Um, and also in this chapter, Rayodin figures out the secret to Elantris. So yes. a lot happens. It is a big, big chapter. But we'll try to go a little bit faster than the last one. Okay, so Rayodin, he should have been a hoed if he was anyone else, but he's saying because he was enduring all of that extreme pain for so long from the door trying to bust through his body that now he he seems to be more equipped conveniently to not be Hoed at this point. Mm. Um, but he did notice that he's now like dizzy and he's like, I'm going to be dizzy forever. And I, at that point, I would jump in the fire. <laughs> I can't be dizzy forever. <laughs> like if, if y'all have ever had too much fun with, the alcohol and get the spins i'm almost ready to jump in the fire then but i know it will <laughs> go away <laughs> uh yeah that sounds pretty terrible yes yeah i mean it hasn't been great at all for him so but yeah so we see that um cringe or cute there's one part where rayodin like is waking up and he's like whoa where am i and of course he's like been kidnapped by the deal off people and he thinks merciful domi let serene be safe oh, that's that cute was yeah cute that was fine yeah so he's <laughs> worried about his princess and then deal rolls in with you know the haggard rayodin and he's like serene come out i got your husband and she's like oh god like we were gonna get married tomorrow like i gotta get him this was crazy to me because it's clearly seems to be a setup and Serene and Kane's family is like, Serene, you can't go out there. You're going to die. And she's like, I'll just go on the roof. And it's like, didn't you just see them? 
destroy everybody? Like, I feel like the roof is a terrible idea, too. And it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they think that would work? It's like, send your Sion out there Do to anything. project your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serene, she was woken up in the middle of the night or something. She's not thinking straight, and she's really just has to get married. So she's getting on the roof. She's going to get her husband doesn't work out so. for her. Yeah, so I, I was surprised. This seemed out of character that Serene wouldn't come up with a clever way out of it. But this is what we have. It's, it's what we're given. Yeah, okay. So um, Serene goes on the roof and of course Diloph captures her too. And so now Diloph has Serene and Rayodin and then he orders Harathan to get his Seon, um, and so that he can FaceTime Aventio and of course Aventio's like oh my gosh you have serene and so then Diloph gives him this ultimatum that you have one hour um until we're gonna come like take over your town mm -hmm. uh right oh yeah if yes. if you're not ready to present a formal surrender I'll kill serene now uh, but we're gonna be on your land in one hour yes I did want to highlight a descriptor that Sanderson gives of Aventio the Sion complied. Soon its light molded into the head of an, quote, overweight man with a proud face. I just feel like Sanderson really likes describing people as fat. <laughs> <laughs> like any any time there can be a double chin, he's like, I'm going to point it out. <laughs> he won't talk about a strong nose. He won't talk about this or that. I don't know. I just noticed. It just seems. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so, yeah. So um, after they end the FaceTime, Diloph is like, I don't need Rayodin anymore. He was just here to get Serene out. And so then he kills him. He rams a blade through Rayodin's stomach. But of course, he doesn't actually die because he's an Elantrian. Right. And then Harathan's like, because Diloph is asking Eventio, like, let's just just give up. Just give up Tiad and then we'll be done. But Harathan's like, you're going to go in there, you're going to kill them all. And he's like, yes, of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that's the plan. <laughs> he's like, I just want them to make it easier for me. And Harathan's like, oh my God, this is why he couldn't finish his deadline. He wasn't willing to make the hard calls. <laughs> <laughs> and so anyway, so Harathan's like, we could have converted them. We could have done all this stuff. And Dilaf's like, there's no time for this. Like... <sighs> these people and Idiots. now now Harathan's like oh my god this wasn't about religion at all this was about conquest <laughs> who knew <laughs> <laughs> so now he's like you're a monster so now we see him starting to turn have yeah. we got the part where he talks about like how he steals feels good with Jedith, but not with like what's been going on so we haven't gotten there yet, but we okay, will. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but that is coming. Um, so then Diloph's like, Elantrian, let's kill him. So then he stabs Rayodin, and Rayodin, now he's like Hoed. Right, and his mantra is, failed, my love, failed. Sad. Yeah, I'd be like, light him on fire. I can't listen to this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay. I'm done. I'm, I'm it's done. Over. <laughs> it's over. So now Diloph is like, go do, he's like, he gets all his people. You see, he's like, you see what I did here? Go do this. 
to everyone in Elantris and then put them in a pile and we'll light them on fire. And then his minions. Yeah, he's like, that. that's how we're going to do this now. And so then all of Diloph's minions go out to go gather the Elantrians. Yeah. Okay, so I accidentally had given the summary for the next two chapters. So this is actually the end of chapter 59. Chapter 60 yep. is when we see Galadin and Karada carry Rayodin to um, the sugar pool. And then we also see what's going on in Aralon slash Elantris, where all the people are walking to their bonfire. Yes. And actually, so, the name of this, oh, oh, the name of this chapter is Ihi, which means fire or warmth. And what this icon looks like, people can't see it, but it looks like a candy wrapper. Like if you had like a circle and like it t- twists, and it looks like what I would imagine a Sion would look like. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Candy's holding up her book to. <laughs> so Sam could see because he did audio. I like book, it. So he, yeah. So he doesn't know it. I just yeah. think it was funny. But yeah. Yeah, it does kind of look like that. I imagine Seans is just like an orb. I didn't imagine the little wings. That, I like that. Oh, yeah. Probably because yeah. I'm playing Legend of Zelda right now. And <laughs> <laughs> I thought I remember what. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to okay. say, hey, listen. Oh, the little. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> I say that to people all the time. Hey, listen. It's like, shut up, Navi. <laughs> like, I want to do side quests. I don't want to save the princess right now. Or when you get to the very end, you're like, she's already been saved. I can't finish the game. I want to do the side quest. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. Okay, so Galadin and Karada, they're carrying him towards the special pool. Now we flip back and now we're looking at Lucal and the rest of the treason meeting that's left. I guess just Lucal and his family. Um, Shudin's there. Eventually we see Shudin. But yeah, right now there. they're just marching a- to their doom. Aiden pops out again. We're reminded about him and he's just counting steps. So Lugal's marching to his execution and he says he considered fighting back, grabbing a sword and some hopeless feat of heroism. But in the end, he simply plotted along with the others. He knew that he was going to die and he knew there was nothing he could do to stop it. He was no warrior. The best he could hope for was a quick end. Yeah. So they're they're really struggling. Up spot. Yeah. Any comments there? I didn't have anything. No. Yeah, that's kind of it. This okay. Fight, though. Yes. Wild. We we find out part of the reason why the um, Dorethi have to go to these great lengths to take over Arlon and Tiad because they only have 50 Dakor evil monks. And if you think about it, that's really not a lot if you have to take over two countries. Yeah, but each mm-hmm. person's like five people's worth. Yes. It's like Sparta, 300. I just watched that movie. <laughs> the 300 take on 300,000. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, this was this was weird planning because, yeah, pre- all 50 Dakor demons go to Aventio and none are left in Aralon, which seems like, like poor planning. He left like two. He left like two or three. I guess. I mean, maybe that ratio makes sense. I don't know. They were See, just like four. I agree. Um, now we find out how Dakor does their transportation. So we know in Elantris, you can do 
you can just draw your little Aeon Tia and then it will transport you. And then we find out here in order to, you know, get the fuel to go, you have to sacrifice someone. That's probably why they only have 50 people. They keep traveling everywhere. No, they just they just bring like little assistants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess it was a monk. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they just they they literally just bring assistants and you're like the food taster basically where it's like you're around until you, until you die. And that's your whole purpose. Yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. This is one of the the crazier elements of this um thing. Yeah. Right? I I don't know. I just I was just like what is going on right now? Mhm. Um small detail, but I thought it was interesting. Sanderson describes the house in Teo uh, they're all tall and connected rather than the separated and squat in K. And I was like, that's like the Teo people. They're yes. tall and unified. <laughs> and everyone in K is squatty. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Art imitates life? Yeah. <laughs> the K people are like, this is beautiful. <laughs> Short beautiful. and squatty. I love my stump houses. <laughs> I don't want I'm imagining Tio Tia to be like England or something with a lot of like townhomes, row houses, all connected cobblestones, you know, like bustling city. And I'm imagining K to just be like a village, basically. Hmm. Yeah, I kind of see that. Okay. Um, we find out that Diloph wants to kill not only every Elantrian, but also everyone of Aeonic descent. So he wants to do total genocide. He said that's the only way to make sure all the blasphemies are gone. Like, yeah, and makes sense. There is a logic to it. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a plan here, people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thought it through. Yeah. Okay, so now we flip over to Galadin and Karada and Ryoden. Yeah, so they're carrying Ryoden, and this is where Galadin's whole hope monologue comes in. And I mm-hmm. thought it was really nice. He's saying how um, he wishes that Ryoden had ever come because he wouldn't be in this position right now, but Ryoden has given him this sense of hope that he can't get rid of, even though he's trying to. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so he has some he has some good lines here. He said he wouldn't have dared to hope if Raiden hadn't come. Um, but he also thinks like, oh, I should have left it there because without hope, I wouldn't have to worry about being disappointed. Which that was a good line. I think that's a lot of pessimist pessimists' answer to the optimist. Yeah. yeah, you're never disappointed. Yeah, that's why you just need to have a hope. And an acceptance if it doesn't work out. Uh-huh. And I think that's how you can navigate that. Um, one thing that Galadin says, Galadin had stood amid the carnage, screaming at Rayodin for abandoning, the, abandoning them, for leaving them behind. Their prince had betrayed them for Serene. And still he hoped. Do you think that Rayodin abandoned them for Serene? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now that he mentioned it, I do kind of see that. <laughs> I agree. It is kind of what just happened. Yeah, I agree. I know. I was like, 
Ray Odin made some bad calls because he got Twitter painted. <laughs> <laughs> Were they bad calls? I mean, he did just leave Elantris kind of high and dry. The but whole he's also thing. And we talked about the whole Kalu thing, not telling people how to do the Aeons and all of that before he left. There was a lot of things that he did in order for, which he says to Serene, wasn't it more romantic this way? How it was like a surprise. And it's like, yeah. this is war. We don't have time for you to be Mr. What is his name? Mr. Darby from <laughs> Sense and Sensibility or Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. It's like, we don't have time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah, we don't have time for that. This is war, sir. But you definitely could have planned it better. On the other hand, if he didn't try to save Kay, then I mean Kay would have fallen and then Elantris surely would have fallen. Which is what no. happened anyway. No. What? Yeah. They have their powers back. No, well now. not at this point. He oh, didn't know how to save point. it okay. yet. Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah. Never mind. So I feel like that I think there's there's logic and rationale there. But yeah, he didn't leave them in a good position to defend mm -hmm. themselves or to do anything. Yeah. So here we get the line. Um, surprisingly, there were very few of the strange demon warriors. Only three directed the work. So 47 went to Tiad, three stayed behind, and the demons are at Elantris, ordering all the Elantrians to throw themselves into the heaping pile. Yeah. And he also see, um, so Lucal's here and he's kind of narrating mm -hmm. all this for us. And he sees Shudin doing his Tai Chi dance. And he's like, Shudin's going to fight. So am I. So he picks up Do like it, a Shudin. wooden. I know. I was like, what is going we on? Trust you. Yes. <laughs> Have you ever watched Naruto, Sam? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's this one character, Naruto, and all the people in Naruto, they do like karate type stuff, right, Chrissy? And this one guy, he's like, I'm so strong. And he starts off and he's not that strong. And he has these like little wrist wraps around his arms. And then yes. when he undoes them, yes. apparently the wrist wraps are like covered in lead or something. And they're so incredibly heavy that once he takes them off, now he's like the most powerful. And that's yes. what I feel like Shudin's doing where he's like, yes. all right, time for me to unwrap this, these lead things, take off all of this heavy stuff I've been carrying around and really just go bananas <laughs> yes that's exactly right we also see that lucal's wife jala she's technically um the sportish or she could you know harathan's group she could have left but she decided mm -hmm. to stay behind and get burned alive would you go or would you stay i don't want to be with harathan <laughs> i feel like but like would you go back home or I know. I mean, you always want to say, like, of course I'd stay. At the moment, though, it's like, I don't know. That would be really hard. Yeah. I would like to think, though, that I would stay with my family. I think if it were me and Andrew and he had an opportunity to get out, I would want him to get out. I wouldn't want him. If there's no hope of either of us getting out, I'd rather one of us get out. Okay, so so let's let's talk about what's happening in the Middle East right now. If you are uh, a parent, and somebody's like, hey, you have an opportunity to get out. Do you do you get out or or what? If I'm a parent, like leave your kid behind. If I'm a parent, I don't leave my kid behind because I'm responsible for the kid. I need to make sure the kid gets out before I get out. 
if it's my husband, they're like my equal. And it's like, we're supposed to take care of each other. But I, I don't have that same responsibility, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? No, I, I just don't know how you leave your kid behind. That, that, that would be so hard for me. Yeah. Would you leave? <laughs> well, okay. I don't think I would leave Andrew behind. I would hope that he would tell me to go. <laughs> and like, I, one of us can go, Candy. It's gonna like, be me. <laughs> right, like you're on the Titanic. Like I would hope that he would be like, you, you should go. And then I would go. And then I would hope that if it were flipped, that I would say the same thing. I want you to have the first class ticket. <laughs> I'll stay in coach. <laughs> That's what I would hope. Because I'd rather one of, I don't know, I'm just more about like what's like the ultimate benefit for everyone involved. And it seems like if one person can get out, then that person should get out. Sure. I guess the other thing, though, is like, where are you going to? Because I don't want to live in her Athens kingdom, you know, like maybe it's better to just die here and like kind of fight for this thing that I believe in as much as I can rather than become like. I don't know what would happen in her Athens kingdom. Probably not good things. Yeah. It's it's always hard to answer the burning building question. Yeah. You, you can't answer it until you're in it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, cute or cringe. Of all the deals, trades, and recognitions Lukal had won, the prize of Jalla's heart was by far the most valuable. I always feel a little uncomfortable when people are referred to as prizes. Oh, <laughs> that kind of turns me off a little bit. Whoa. Interesting. Yeah, I was like cute, but now that you're saying that, I could be convinced. I know. I need to find the line again because part of it was, I, I think I overall though is like that's a nice sentiment. Mm -hmm. I don't know what else. What other wording you could use? Because also the. The things he's comparing it to are the deals, trades, and recognitions. Yeah, which, which is like a conquest. Yeah, like conquest kind of things. So that also, I think, is kind of a turnoff for me. Wow, Chrissy, how progressive. I agree. I <laughs> I'm convinced. Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's how we are in Bookalicious. Hard and fast with opinions. <laughs> or quick yeah. and loose. Yeah. Do you have a thought, Sam? No, I, I, I agree with you. I think I think that's right. Yeah. Chrissy saw that Aladdin movie and Jasmine said, I'm not a prize to be won. And she took that to heart. It stuck with me. She said, women are not prizes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> Luke will see shooting. And then he's like, all right, he's getting, he's gearing up for his Tai Chi. He's getting ready, which I'm like, why are they letting him do that? I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's everyone's getting into like the the people pyre, throwing their bodies on there, and Shudan's just like, "Hey guys, like I have to go to the bathroom." And then he's like doing his like little tai chi, like very silently in the corner, charging up. And Lukul sees that, and he's like, "Okay, I there's a table leg." He's like, "I'm gonna use that as a club," and I'm like, "Okay, you better hope it's solid wood, and not." <laughs> Some press board IKEA furniture coming in. <laughs> Not the stuff Serene's been dropping off to Elantris. <laughs> yes. Any more thoughts here? Uh, no. I. Uh, that, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that's it. I could see shooting. It looks like he's doing ballet or something, and so people aren't all that concerned. 
That's kind of the picture I have. <laughs> Could you imagine if Shudin's just like a total dandy and they're like, oh, don't worry about him. He's just doing ballet and dance and <laughs> that can never be anything. And you have these big demons and then he's going to come in and just lay the people's elbow <laughs> in like I two pages. I, I love, love that imagery too. Okay, so now we're in Rayodin's mind. Don't know why, because there's nothing in there. He's just, <laughs> he's floating around in the black aimlessness of his mind. Yeah, it was kind of interesting, though, seeing what it's like being in the Hoed. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. Okay, but then we hear the insight on why Dilov hates the Elantrian so much. Mm-hmm. And it's because he was married back in his younger days when he was just 50 at the time. And he had his wife, and she was sick, and he's thought that the Elantrians might be able to heal her. So he brings her there um, and he goes, I knew it was pagan. I knew it was blasphemous, but even 40 years as a Dakor wasn't enough to keep me away. Not when I thought Elantris could save her. Um, And then he says that they said the spell wrong or they said that they said the spell wrong, but I know the truth. They knew me and they hated me. Why then did they put a curse on Sayala, his wife? Mm -hmm. Um, So she becomes cursed. She kind of like just goes off the rails screaming at night and eventually she throws herself off of the Elantris wall and dies um and he says that i still he- hear her scream and she will scream until Elantris is gone well cuz he says i found her at the bottom still alive still alive oh. despite the fall and i burned her she never stopped screaming she screams still i can hear her she will scream until Elantris is gone that's right so do you remember this story earlier yeah. on Yes. With the other guy? So Rayodin read about this when he was researching the Elantrians. And he was like doing medical stuff on people's body is really dangerous. And he's like, they messed up this one person and she displayed all these symptoms. It sounds like she was Elantris, right? Skin turned black, hair fell out. And then she began to die, screaming, the pain. And then she threw herself off a building. Yes. That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, so was do you there anything... think oh go for it oh was there anything else that Rayodin learned from that I, it was just I think that was when he started piecing together that it seemed like it was something with the magic going wrong not that they were oh. necessarily cursed but maybe like the magic just not deploying correctly oh yeah. okay yeah do you think the Elantrian did the spell wrong do you think that the Elantrian magic won't work on someone who worships the other god or do you think it was just a mistake i'm thinking mistake because it doesn't seem like the elantrians were very like combative people i guess we never see them interact with the dacor but it kind of mm-hmm. my impression is that they're like we know we're powerful we don't need to worry about those guys we could take mm-hmm. them if the time comes i feel like maybe it was a mistake mm-hmm. well i mean like them messing up it's it's like you take your someone in to do surgery, right? You like you imagine somebody who comes from a country um, that doesn't have very advanced medicine available. They travel mm-hmm. to America because they've got this really rare condition, and then these surgeons are supposed to be the best in the world. And they come in, and then your wife dies on the table, and you're like, "What just happened?" Yeah, right? like I put all my hope here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of his hope. The other thing, too, is that we don't know what it is that she got sick with. Maybe maybe she got something sick with their magic. 
What do you mean? Oh, with the Dakor magic? Yeah. Oh. I, I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But I'm just saying, like, she yeah. got sick to a point where he took her all the way to Elantris. So it was probably something new. You don't know what it is. Maybe it was something. Because I'm thinking it's like a, they did it correctly. But there was something with her illness, kind of to Sam's point, where it's like, it couldn't work. It actually had like a chain reaction and killed her. So, you know, one of the things I was thinking when all this happened was mm-hmm. what what's the possibility that um, when all this happened, uh, something was already starting to go wrong with the magic? So that is possible. Um, what you find out later on is that there's this bit, there's another world. So all the worlds are connected to like the upside yeah. down basically, from Stranger Things. And there's something else going on simultaneously in one of the other worlds, and they push through the upside down, and then they pop out in, it manifests itself in the chasm in Cell. And that's what kills the Elantrian magic. Now, that said, what happens sometimes with these books, the underlying current is that the two gods that are ruling the planet, they might be having their own their own battles that are not seen to the people. Are there Maybe always two gods? On. Not always. Some have two, some have three, some have one. It just depends. Some gods have one. Some planets have one. Yeah. But typically I think they always, I think they always, do they have one? I'm thinking now they always have two because there's always like a, an opposing force because okay. even here it says, Elantris can heal, they said, while Dakor cannot. So Elantris has the ability to heal. Dakor has the ability to sacrifice you. (laughs) (laughs) One got the better end. The other thing, too, is that I highlighted this. I, being Diloph, was the most handsome man his wife had ever seen, even though my body had been twisted and destroyed to fit the mold of an Arlene. So he used to look like a normal person from his country but then they wanted to make him a spy so then they performed this thing to make him look like nathan shelley (laughs) (laughs) so that's how he became uh, like arlon oh that's right Mm -hmm. yeah okay one last thing with the with his wife i think that could make sense what you're saying candy about like if she was kind of already on like the other had the other gods magic or something, maybe the two gods magics can't coexist in the same person, mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah. so I could see something like that happening. She's like in this in between, maybe. Yeah, I would like to think that it's not a mistake because this is the only time they've ever recorded something like this. Mm-hmm. So it's like if it was just a honest mistake or something went wrong, I feel like mm-hmm. maybe there would have been additional cases. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And since there's only one, I'm thinking maybe there was something with her that it's like the magic just would not work on her. But Well, I mean, what we understand about the magic is that it is the connection between the aid that you draw mm-hmm. and the land, right? And so yeah. either the land has had something go wrong or you did something wrong in what you drew. Or she's not from that land. It seems like they probably healed other people like from other places. Yeah, but people from Dakor, I don't know. I I I don't know, but I I I bet that she's not the first person from a giant continent or whatever who's coming for something. I I think it's somebody was drunk at the wheel, 
and they, they they put a jot instead of a tittle and you know do you mean a tilde no i was making a reference to oh to a bible passage oh <laughs> like i don't know what a tittle is but i know what a tilde is okay yeah. um any more thoughts here what would you guys do if you're in delos position i don't think i would go to genocide i don't think that's my next step <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just sue them the good old fashioned way. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard because it's like, you want to assume people are doing their best, but if you assume that these people hate you, I could see where you're like, they did this on purpose. But the other part of me is like, that was my only option. So I don't know. What yeah. do you do? I feel like I would drink wine and paint. <laughs> 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 I would get that life insurance money from Andrew and I'm like, I'm going to go into an early retirement and buy lots of wine and some paints and start my cat sanctuary and go live in the mountains. I don't think I would go to genocide. Okay. Yeah. That was Delof's second choice. Ugh. The paints weren't on sale though. He said, <laughs> genocide. Genocide. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Rayodin. Now they're at the pool. They lay Rayodin down and he's just like slumped there like a bag of potatoes. And they're getting ready to dump him in the pool. Then we flip back and now we're at Lukal and Shudin and he's doing his Tai Chi. Okay. Big thing here. Yeah, Lukal seeing him do his Tai Chi. They're stacking up the bodies. They're ready to burn him. And then we find out who Aiden is. And he's an Elantrian. He walks up to the pile of bodies and throws himself on the pile and says, <laughs> my people. <laughs> okay, this this is a little, like, it feels a little unreal, right? Like, we find out that he has been um, a messed up Elantrian this whole time. He's been living yes. at home, right? But, oh, now he's an Elantrian? Like, seems yeah. like a unrealistic, right? Well, and for Lukal to not even realize that Aiden, his brother, was Elantrian. Right. Well, they put makeup on him. Could it tell? Every day? I mean, I, I could understand so. doing that for, like, the postman or, like, the repair <laughs> guy who comes in. Maybe you could be like, oh, no, he's fine. He just has sunken in eyes. And then... <laughs> but then for, like, your brother who's, like, living with you to, like, not realize... And then how do they keep him from, like, not stubbing his toe? I know. Well, is is the number counting some kind of hoed thing? It's different from anyone it's, else's hoed. Well, you know, but, like, it's his way of coping with the pain. He just counts everything. It could be. I think he has, I think they talk about it, that he has, like, a mental condition of some variety. He's basically autistic, and his special power is that he knows the distance from everything. Right. In terms of steps. Even if he... Has only been there one time. Or maybe never, right? Or no, because he did. He did. And oh, he did. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, and Sanderson talks about this, and he really hates this whole plot point of the book because he hates the idea of the the eagles came in to save people. And this was his eagles, and he really hated that. And he's talked about that before. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That suddenly, like... Uh, like you know ex machina like people yes i, I don't disagree uh, yeah you... i agree he he says it was bad writing 
he he agrees. <laughs> what well, what did you guys want to see with Aiden? Because I think we all knew he was going to save the world. <laughs> At least that I, was I think, my bet. I think we knew that there was like more to him. I I feel like him being a Lantrian was kind of a womp womp. I guess I don't know. Yeah, it and also it seemed like his one role that he played was significant. It wasn't as big as I thought it would be, though. No. Maybe that's also kind of the letdown. Whereas, like, all this time <laughs> foreshadowing for this. I know. When Chrissy and I were postulating, what could it be? What is it? What is it? I had a lot more fun doing that than what it was. <laughs> so maybe next time Sanderson writes a book, he'll consult Bookalicious and we can ideate with him and give him some more creative <laughs> options. That would, that would be something. good. That would be good. He needs yeah, I it. think so. He needs the help. Any thoughts there on Aiden, Sam? Um, and just his ability to know how many steps it is to the other side of the world. Could you imagine if that was your power and you're like, this is never going to come all, in handy. First of and all, then someone... <laughs> okay, so you know how many steps Okay, how 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 much is that in meters, right? Like if you were to do the conversion, because everybody's steps are different. I know. And, and like he he was there once and he traveled by sea. How on earth can you <laughs> know the sea? Like I get if he had walked it, right? And he counted how many steps he did, but it's just like it it beggars belief that this is an actual real thing. Well, and. And his steps as a kid would be a different size from his steps as an adult. So he would also have to factor in his new step size. It's dumb. There, There's a lot that doesn't make sense. But I do like the idea where it's like, uh, do you guys remember Sky High? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the high school where everyone has like a superpower. And then you have people that get sorted into superhero and then sidekick. And if you have a lame power, you're sidekick. And so, like, one of the sidekicks' power is that he can glow, like, a glow-in-the-dark light. And he's like, oh, he's like, this power's never going to come in handy. If anything, it comes out of handy because you're at night and then I'm, like, a light. And then finally, at the end of the movie, they need someone to glow. And he's like, oh, my God, this is my chance. That's how I feel about Aiden. He has yeah. just this... Super lame power with only one use case, and that is right now. <laughs> I know. So I agree with Sanderson. Bad writing. <laughs> okay, we also... we also no, no, Wait, wait. I, I just had oh. an idea. What about yes. if Sanderson had got to this point in the book, and he's like, how do I get them to teleport? What if I had a character that could count anything and then he had to go back in his book and then add in this power of Aiden so that he could precursor it for this one moment you know, I kind of see that I see that too because it's like the times that he comes in he could be deleted and you would have he adds nothing to it the only plot point for Aiden is to make a plot for himself that's the exactly. only thing that he does exactly so I think that's probably, I, I could see that getting in a corner and being like, how am I going to get out of here? Okay, so now we're on to the next section. And we realize that Harathan and Diloph have encountered each other before. So when Harathan was in the monastery and they first started doing the ceremony to turn him into like the demon, he like, he couldn't do it. And Diloph was there and he, he said... 
I remember Hugh Rathen. I remember you, Rathen. D-Lock was smiling now, his grin wicked and demonic. I remember you as a boy when you came to us. It was just before I left for Arlon. You were frightened then as you're frightened now. You ran from us and I watched you go with satisfaction. You were never meant to be Dakor. You are far too weak. Mm. And then Harathan's like, you were there. And then he looks into Diloph's eyes because his eyes are the same, even though his body is totally different. And then he says he remembered evil eyes in the body of a tall, unmerciful man. He remembered chants. He remembered fires. He remembered screams, his screams, and a face hanging above him. They were the same eyes. And then we also see more of Diloph's horribleness. Um because when Harathan was there, he said, you were the one that convinced me to leave in my third month. And this is the part that I thought was so evil. You demanded that one of your monks use his magic and send you to Wern's palace. The monk complied, giving up his life to transport you a distance that you could have walked in 15 minutes. Oh my gosh. I thought it was like outrageous. And because it was so outrageous, kind of funny of like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's just, it's like the devil wears Prada kind of thing. Yes. Or the movie, Corella Deville. Yes. <laughs> She like throws her lunch in her assistant's face because she's like, yeah. not good enough. <laughs> it is so evil that it's nearly comical. Yeah. I'm just imagining everywhere Diloph went in his hometown, he was just like followed by 45 low level monks. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. He's like, where did they all go? And they're like, you used them all up. Like... <laughs> going from here to skip the line don't get more you know he's constantly having to get all these monks to power up his magics i love it i think you're right i love it all right people are we finishing the book i know we're not done yeah. with this chapter okay we gotta go faster for finishing the book <laughs> we're gonna go at this pace i think i have one more chapter left in me but for finishing the book we gotta go faster well, okay, here's my question. Do you want to take like a five minute break, like refill your drinks, come back, rest and recharge to take an hour to finish the book? I, I, I could do that. You want to you want to pause the recording and we'll we'll come back in what, five minutes or 10 minutes or something? Yeah. OK, Sounds let's good. do that. Wait, 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 wait. Can we finish this chapter first? We only have a page left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, OK, I just need to interrupt just so we just so we could keep a pace. Fine. <laughs> okay so we see that with yeah we realize how evil Diloph is we see Rayodin's mind and during his like little what is this called coma Stupor, coma Stupor. yeah yeah he uh, discovers the secret to Elantris and he's like oh my gosh I finally figured it out and he's like I need to resurrect myself to go go save Elantris yes um so now the soldiers have barrels of oil. They're dumping them on the body pile. Yeah, they're about to light them on fire. Um, <laughs> and then we flip back to Eventio. And Eventio is now meeting with Diloph and Harathan. Um, and Harathan, we see, is like in her dialogue. And he's like still trying to rationalize that this is a good thing. And that mm -hmm. this like sacrifice of two entire kingdoms will increase people's faith. He's He's having trouble rationalizing this. Um, anyways, and then Diloph is holding Serene, like, hostage as Aventio is coming, and then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna kill Serene in front of Aventio, so it'll be the most painful that way. Holy smokes, that's insane. I know. And then the chapter ends with 
Rayodin. Gal- <laughs> this part was outrageous. Galadin and Karada are carrying Rayodin to the sugar pool. And then Rayodin like musters up all of his energy to scream to stop them. And he's like, no, don't put me in the pool. And they're like, what? What? <laughs> and they trip and he falls into the pool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like all sad. It's like you're at the funeral and you're all sad. And all of a sudden the person's like knocking on the coffin and you're like, what? And then it's too late. You already threw them in the incinerator. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Okay. So we're at 61, chapter 61. And the rest of this, I think we can go faster. I we'll think we can power do it, through it in an hour. Well, let's take a five minute break and then we'll come back. Okay. okay. That sounds great. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bookalicious. If you like this discussion, please rate or subscribe to our channel to help other book lovers find this content as well. If you have any questions or suggestions for future books, we'd love to hear from you at bookalicious.pod at gmail.com. As always, thanks for joining our club.